0: Welcome to interview number 53 and I am with Annie Fiume. Annie, welcome to the Mama Archive
1: Project. Thank you, Robert.
0: Now, could you begin by describing how and why you arrived in the world of drama and education?
1: I think it probably started when I was a student at school and I wonder, I'm sure a lot of people will tell you that. So, um, I had a teacher called Monica Isles, who was the art of speech teacher because we didn't have drama at my school, we had oh, art of, of speech. Course. voice and speech. Voice All and speech. Those, and yeah. we used to go on competitions. And then she decided she wanted to put on a play, she wanted to put on Pygmalion and she cast me as Alfred Doolittle. It was an all, all-girls school um, and it was just fantastic and that's the first time I'd ever acted and I got lots of laughs so, you know, it was the comic role, so it was very seductive. And then she organised for someone from the Melbourne Theatre Company to come out and run a drama class, which was incredible, like nothing like that ever happened at our school. And after the class he approached me and he said, uh, we've got a Saturday morning program that for kids that you should come. I was like, oh. So I asked my parents, they said, no, we lived in Morab and you're not travelling on your own to South Melbourne to some place with, oh. you're not allowed to go. So I came back to, he came back to the school and asked me if I was coming. I said, I can't come. He said, I'll oh, give me your mum's number. So he called my mum, talked her into it. So he was really committed. He was really to committed. getting you involved. Yes, he was determined. So then I started doing this program and they ran holiday programs and I started doing all this stuff at the MTC and absolutely loved it. I remember going and sitting in the cafeteria and having lunch and Frank Thring would be sitting
0: there. It was amazing. Um,
1: So then when I got to the end of school and I didn't know what to do and I thought, well, the only thing I seem to like or what I'm best at is drama. Mm -hmm. um, So I went to Ruston because that's where you went to do drama, auditioned and got into Ruston. And at that time, I'd say 90% of the people at Rusden weren't there because they wanted to be teachers. They were there because they wanted to be actors or directors. Yes, and there was I've nowhere heard. Else I've, to go.
0: Yeah, I've heard this before. <coughs> and there was no
1: VCA. There was no training. Yeah. So. It was interesting because I was, stu- I was from this little Catholic girl's school in Rabin and I was very shy and there were big personalities. So coming in as a first year, the fourth years were like stars and basically you just did lots of production. You did education subjects as well, mm-hmm. but mostly it was like being in an acting school. And I always felt like I accidentally became an actor then because I kept getting tapped on the shoulders. Like one person who tapped me on the shoulder was Charles Slookie. Oh, Charles really? was in fourth year and I was the first year and he, after the first production, John Preston directed my first show and he put me in the lead and Charles saw me and said, you know, you're really good, you should do more and he introduced me to a director. And I, I ended up, as a result of this, I did qualify as a teacher and I went, my first school was Preston Tech and, mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved it. So go to a te- I went to a tech school where there was no dance, no drama, but had a t- the man who was my mentor there, Brian Waters, said, oh, you know, he was great. He was just a tradie. He's he was like, oh, what's this drama?
0: Stuff sounds awesome. I reckon the kids will love
1: it. And so how he was we-
0: very open-minded. Absolutely.
1: And from what I hear talking to other people, this is not generally the case this was no, a, a hardcore a... technical school where yeah. trade was the thing. But all of these guys, including the principal Bill Wilkinson, who would now probably get into a lot of trouble because he used to give you a tap on the bottom <laughs> and clear you love. But well, they were all just, wow, oh, sounds really good this drama stuff. How can what do you need? Here's do you need a room? What sort oh, of room? you certainly could have got they your sets wonderful. built. They were wonderful. Got... Yeah, it was great. So, So my first experience was setting up dance and drama program at that school. I was there for about three years, but at the same time I was still in contact with these directors and actors. So I ended up, after three or four years of teaching, going back to the Mm theatre, and then I straddled um, both. But always got drawn back to education, so I worked a lot as um, theatre and education actor or an artist in residence in school. I did a lot of teaching in the tertiary sector. And I was, was doing acting and directing, but I kept getting drawn back to schools. Um, and then about 13 years ago, went back full time to teaching. Got a call from Halebury because the teacher had walked out. And I knew the head of drama there. And she said, oh, can you come and I said, I haven't taught in an actual school full time for, forever. She said, oh, you know, come and get away. You'll went, be right. Oh, you'll be right. And of course I was. And I loved it again because I love adolescents, And that's the thing for me. I love them. I yes. just find them endlessly fascinating. Yes. So, yeah, so I can't many, even remember what the question was so and no, I hope I've answered
0: it. you've answered it. Good. Because <laughs> you've described to us how you got to where you yeah. are. And uh, so many of your counterparts have also talked about the, the deep fascination and affection they have um, for adolescents yeah. or, or working with students generally, you know, because it, a lot of them span the whole ray of um, you know array of students primary secondary
1: yeah.
0: tertiary yes and just how invigorating it is and yeah. Yeah, yeah it is how much they yeah. love it yeah. so um, continuing along that sort of trajectory yeah um, would you like to describe a high moment and a low moment to us in your mm. career path in drama and education?
1: A I think a, a really high moment was, so my first, when I got the job at St Michael's Grammar School, which was very fortunate, um, when I, I met Simon Gibson, who was the principal, who was a huge performing arts, he just thought it was incredibly mm. important that kids did it mm. and really supports it. So it was a great program. Marin Anstey was the head of drama yes, there. Yes. And she hired me, because we were at Rusden together, so she knew me. Um, he said um, you have to direct a show and I'm like okay and he said I want you to do A Streetcar Named Desire. <laughs> so an easy one. <laughs> you're kidding, kids, <laughs> 17, 18, these kids are 16, 17, i thought, like, oh, this is not possible. Um, I was really, really worried about it. Anyway, I was working with a woman called Sarah Mary, mm-hmm. a colleague and we did it and it was an incredible show and so much so that a reviewer from the ABC heard about it and he came and he reviewed it on the ABC. And I didn't hear this. I was told about it later and managed to get it to get to hear it later. And he said it was the best show he had seen in Melbourne for 15 years, including any professional theatre he had seen. And he named two of the kids. Said those kids could walk in to a wow. and I remember just being so proud because we worked them so hard. And I think. I was just so incredibly anxious about doing this very adult show with adolescents with that people. we put everything we had into it to make sure that it worked and I was so proud of them and that, that was a huge highlight for me mm-hmm. to get that acknowledged publicly it was incredible for yes. them and for us. Um because
0: often, often you experience that accolade but it's within your own school community, community. for it to to sort of spill out over and beyond that is quite incredible. It was incredible. And very affirming.
1: And and also so unexpected. You just don't expect someone to to say something like that. It was, yeah, it was affirming. Low, I don't know, I haven't had that many. I don't
0: think, it's hard to think of a low. Now, your response to that is interesting because this often happens and it's, a lot of other people in the interview process have sort of really had to seek a low, but when they do it's a, it's like a general group of yeah. lows like a rumbly thing that happens so I a guess low. it's always
1: a low when when you encounter uh, something in a school that where someone really doesn't get it and does just doesn't value what you're doing. But that hasn't happened to me a lot. I've been, I think I've been really lucky. I've worked with really good people. One low for me, this might be a little bit controversial.
0: Use is, XYZ for names maybe. Yes. Well it's around the
1: VCE. Oh yeah. And I think this is very common for drama and theatre. It happens less now I think than it used to maybe five years ago where you'll have a student and you know in your head they're an AA plus and they've worked and then they get their results and it's just and it's not what you anticipated or they that's just you just feel sick for them because yeah yeah, you don't know why there's no checking there's nothing that's always a low for me but that happens less I think that's that process is much better um but it used to happen enough so that it was yeah quite disappointing and you know what do you say to a kid who I remember one year a girl who, she got a D and it was just so unexpected and I couldn't tell her why. I didn't know why. No, it was just... no. I it, didn't think she was great, you, but she it, was not. Like, I thought she was like a C plus B, but yeah, yeah, she was devastated. It leaves
0: you in a very dark and difficult place, It is, it? and
1: it kind of... For a while there, I didn't want to teach VCE because I felt like I couldn't say to them, do X, Y and Z and mm. this will happen. Because mm. I didn't know. It was like, well, you can do it, but yeah something seems to sometimes go wrong on that day and we can't control who's in that room but as I said I kind of feel like that's been sorted quite a lot it's not yeah it happens less
0: well that's good to hear yeah along that sort of line of inquiry what changes have you noticed in our area Annie
1: um I feel like there's more rigor which is a good thing, mm. just a lot more rigor and maybe that's why that's changed. Mm. Um, I also think school, a lot of private schools, seem, more private schools and government schools seem very, much better resourced now. I don't know if that's a general thing, but I feel like they get, they get more now than they used to because way back when we started, you did everything yourself, you, know, you, you did everything. <laughs> um, but I remember when I got to St Michael's that seemed, so that was 13 years ago and they had a production manager who built the sets and they had big budget. they had bigger budgets for shows because I'd been doing theatre, mm. like I'd do shows at La them. we didn't have budgets like that. So I was amazed at how big the budgets were and what you could do production-wise at that school. But that school was a bit unusual. I now feel like there are a lot of schools who have quite high...
0: Who are coming up to that level. Yeah, they have
1: costume people, they have production. They get support, more support Mm. for what they're doing. I'm not sure if it's the case in government schools. It might be more in private schools, but that's a big change, where teachers don't have to do absolutely everything themselves Mm. as much now. It's not just a one, because often although I think this is still the case in some schools often if if the drama teacher leaves, the program goes with them. it just all collapses. yes it's the one legacy
0: person. doesn't seem to carry through. no, no. Um, and that was the case a lot and you often started. get uh, a, another subject that jumps in and dominates yeah. or or yeah. takes areas yeah. away or which is a shame yeah it is a shame yeah. continuity is so important, yeah. Yeah. On, on so many levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, mentors and collaborators, memorable mentors and collaborators in your career.
1: Uh, well, uh, this man that I talked about when I first went to um, Preston Tech, Brian Waters, he was he was amazing. He, um, so as a first year out teacher, I don't really know what I was doing because mostly <laughs> I'd done acting <laughs> and directing. And we did, we did do teaching method at Rusden but we didn't pay a lot of attention we learned by doing shows so you know I was like having to write this and dance he wanted to dance mm-hmm. um, and I found a, 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 there was a man called Ron Becker I think his name was he ran a, um, a company at Melbourne State College called Melbourne State College Dance Company or something and I got him in to run some dance classes with the kids. So we, we, and we got, because it was a disadvantaged school, we could get funding for dance Ah, programs and stuff. They had, remember they used to have that disadvantaged schools program. So I managed to put in a grant for dancing people to come in and do the dance. I could do some of it because I'd done dance at Ruston, but I wasn't really a dancer. So I got this whole program going, got a production on it. it, took about three years. But if it wasn't for Brian Waters, he used to even do things, he used to come and, what do you need all the time? What do you need? And at one point he said, this is so good, you have to do it for the whole staff. He organised at a staff meeting for, the, for me to come and run a drama workshop with the whole staff because he just thought drama was so amazing. He would come in and watch the classes and think it was just incredible. Isn't that interesting? It was incredible. He was a woodwork so teacher. So he,
0: he had his own sort of awakening in a he way. He did.
1: And he was so supportive. He <laughs> would even come and pick me up and drive me to school if my car broke down. He would... If if I'd ring in sick, he'd say, what's wrong, love? And he'd get his wife to make some food. He was (laughs) incredible. He was the most, he had five children. He was just the most beautiful man. And I think he got me through that first going from a student to a real teacher. So
0: helping you with that transition. That
1: transition from feeling like one of the kids, because I felt like one of the kids when I first started. So you had had imposter syndrome. I had imposter. My first day teaching, I was there early in the classroom setting up, and the cleaner came in. And yelled at me and said, "What are you doing in here before class?" And I, I left. I went. Yeah, okay. From what
0: you're describing, (laughs) I I gather you were in a in a a place that didn't have a uniform. No, no
1: uniform. And I looked about twelve. Yes, hard to differentiate. It was really hard. So he helped me through that transition. He was amazing. And the other person that springs to mind is um, Simon Gibson, the principal at St Michael's Grammar. Amazing faith in just hired me for six months and then said, we love you, you fit, I'm I'm making a job for you. And then kind of once Merrin left, just twisted my arm up my back until I agreed to become that, because I didn't, I'm not a very ambitious person. There's okay. always been people tapping me on the shoulder and saying, do
0: this, do this. Like, and ah, saying, you okay. know, we want okay. you, we know yeah. you can do yeah, this. Yeah, I never,
1: and it was the same with the head of drama thing, like, I just kept saying no. So he just kept not employing anyone. And then I was doing it because there was no one else. He goes, you're doing it anyway, do it. So, but you know, because he had this faith and trust, absolute trust, never questioned choice of play I trust you to do it we did Spring Awakening and I was nervous but he was okay just be careful don't we don't want to end up on the front page of the Herald Sun so you know he just trusted you to do it well and never interfered and came to every single I don't think he's ever missed well he's gone now sadly he went left us he um, went to another job two years ago but um, he never missed a show not one show. He came to every single production. He was always there. on Yeah, opening night.
0: That's, that, that speaks volumes, yeah. not only to the staff, but to the students, because does, the students yeah. notice. They do. And um, I can recall a period of time when our leadership team at the school I was working at were very lacklustre in that respect. Right you know they and and the students would notice their yeah, their do. absence yep. uh, to the point where i went and had a conversation and said wow. well you know you stand by the river for the rowing in the freezing cold at wow. a remote location and you're at the night concerts for the music students and you know this is an important part they were of doing curriculum that, but they weren't coming to so that's they really... had to i called them to account Yeah, absolutely. and i presented it from the student's perspective. Absolutely. The students and the, and always also notice, the, parents they and the, the parents and the parents in the community going, yeah. well, where are they? Yeah. yeah. But, um, But a lot of fellow staff would come to everything yes you always yes, had these yeah. really loyal staff yeah, or staff who wanted yeah. to see the students yeah, in that arena they, yeah
1: exactly and they want to see their students doing something else that yeah, they don't see in that arena of yeah. life Simon also dropped into rehearsals always came to at least one rehearsal to see how the kids were going and chat to them and fantastic yeah
0: it makes such a difference when you, difference. Have, uh, you have that so mind supported. that mindset yeah. in, in a leadership team yeah. yeah what do they say you know the fish rots from the head down yeah. <laughs> Now, have a think about your most memorable experience. Oh, goodness. Can you isolate that for us?
1: Most memorable? Most
0: memorable. Have you got something that's right up there? And there's been a huge variation in what people have said. Like some of the experiences Mm. have been actually quite confronting, not necessarily joyous, but they have been incredibly memorable.
1: Mm, there's a lot of memorable. Um, gee, maybe the first time I taught the first time I taught theatre studies, year twelve theatre studies. I was at a little school, and I only <laughs> I arrived. I was filling in for a maternity leave. I hadn't taught it before, and I only had two students, and it was really hard because very hard. Both of them were completely out of their depth. I don't know why they were doing it. One wanted to be a pastry chef and one wanted to be a plumber. And (laughs) they were Greek boys and their parents were forcing them to do VCE. So they decided to do theatre studies and they'd done unit one, two and then everyone else had dropped out but because they'd been offered one, two they had to be given three, four and there's just the two of them. It was very difficult. And I think one of my most memorable things was because neither of them could act or knew anything about it. It's really hard and I thought they'll be pushing to get 30 but what can I do with this monologue and the beautiful Greek boys and the messenger was
0: oh how stunning all you've got
1: to do is put on the traditional costume we'll we'll do the set it's gonna read beautifully and I remember one of them I shouldn't say their names although actually yeah they're never gonna see this Con and Arthur and I remember Arthur he was the one who wanted to be the pastry chef and he was hilarious um, coming out in his costume and he looked like a Greek god. He looked amazing and he delivered it and it was beautiful. And he got a B, which is a miracle. Wow. It was a miracle and it was a highlight. Yes. And he did become a pastry chef, but he, he kept in contact and, you know, he, he still talks about how proud he was of, well, that, of doing that. Well, also the
0: connection to his culture. Yeah. You know. Yes. Uh, and, and his that. parents
1: loved seeing him do this. It was like, it's so outside anything he's ever had done or will ever do again but yes. he has that you know, he has, has that, that moment that one little moment in how time when he was a greek messenger in a, yeah
0: in a greek play in a greek
1: play yeah. how
0: fabulous so what do you attribute the longevity of your career to annie
1: i think it's what i said before it's the fascination with students i think that's it so all the other stuff if you know if i'm getting bogged down with bureaucracy or other challenges. All I have to do is focus on what's going on in the classroom. I think, um, yeah, having really good relationships with students and really knowing them and really watching them and seeing them do things and achieve things, that's, that's what keeps me going. So that's mm. why I can always, yeah. I, once I get into the classroom, I'm in a different zone and I'm really happy and I'm having a good time and we're all having a good time and it's seeing them, so even though I might be teaching, sometimes I think, oh God, I've got to teach Commedia again or whatever. <laughs> but when you start doing it, they don't, like they're discovering everything for the first time and, and it's you're seeing them discover Observing things, it. Yeah. yeah, watching them, dis- they're, uh, they're lighting up because they're discovering something that they've never seen or heard of that you might have, you know, heard of a hundred times, but they haven't. And yeah, I think that's where my longevity is, but that never gets old that's always interesting and exciting and taking them to a show that you know is going to blow their little minds and just hearing them talk about it afterwards they're just that their excitement that's that's what keeps me going that's what keeps me. Yeah.
0: so following on yeah. from that what advice would you give to up and coming teachers of the subject what would your advice be to them
1: um I think Uh, keep your love of the discipline alive so go and see lots of theatre stay engaged with theatre Mm -hmm. Um, see as many shows as you can and take your kids to if you can to as many shows or encourage them so that you never forget what it is you love about this discipline and if you keep that alive in you then you'll always be able to keep it alive in the classroom and for your students.
0: Yes, yeah, so keep your literacy yeah, with the form. Yeah, keep your
1: literacy with the form, and but really it's your love of the form. Mm. And, do, and direct shows, if you, school gives you the opportunity. I do a lot of directing and that's for me because I've been able to keep because I think I've always straddled acting, directing and teaching, I bring a lot of my acting and directing so if I couldn't keep directing shows I probably wouldn't last as long either okay. because I can still keep all that going and that feeds into everything in the classroom that I do. So earlier this year um, I did study leave and I wanted, and I worked at 16th Street with Ian Sinclair and Kim Craigus. Oh really? Yeah. And so that's not directly related to education. That's acting and directing. Yes. But everything I did there fed me, and I can feed back. So, so that's working as an artist you. as well informs me and keeps me going in the classroom, bringing that into the classroom you as keeps well. That fire that's really burning, important for me. Yeah. yeah,
0: fuels you. Yeah, it does. And yeah. feeds you. Yeah. nurtures you. Yeah. your professional soul. Yeah. Yes. yes. Beautiful. <laughs> um, so. What sort of associations have you had with things like Drama Victoria, Drama Australia, VCAA?
1: Uh, VCAA um, probably more because Richard Salis is an old crony. We're in theatre and education shows together. We toured together a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and assessing. Um, so mainly through that. I don't. Years ago, I had a lot to do with Drama Victoria. I Thing. I had. I went to more workshops, but. I don't much anymore. Um, my association usually is just with people I know through work, so it's more kind of informal. So they might ring me, or I might ring them, and we might go and work with each other's students, mm-hmm. or, nerd, or I might get a call from someone that I may have met through Drama Vic, but they'll be they'll say there's a, a new teacher at this school, and they're teaching this for the first time, and I'll go out, I'll happily go and help them with curriculum or help them yeah. help their students. It's more that kind of informal. The problem for me is the drama conference. I often can't go because at that time of year we're still going. Our speech night is really late, and it's another production. It's bigger yes. than Ben Hur. Yes. So I've usually got speech night rehearsals and assessments still going. Right, there's always something I going. I know.
0: I know. A lot of teachers have talked.
1: I don't know how. What how about that, that?
0: And there are even some schools that. Um, are beginning to clamp down on PD and, you know, sending oh, at sending people year. at that time well, of the year. It's worrying. Yes. It's, yeah. yeah. I can is. usually
1: do one day or half a day, but I can never do two, but yeah, I try and get to some of it at least. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I don't think we've got very long left, but in that time, Can you isolate a professional learning experience that was really stand out for you?
1: I remember when I first started teaching, going to a DramaVic workshop for new teachers and it was run by Kate Donnellan.
0: Oh yes, Kate Mm Donnellan.
1: Yes, and it was fantastic. Um, I still remember it because I came home with so many teaching tools and confidence and yeah just lots of lots and lots of practical things and clarity and clarity about what would what would and could work in a classroom and yeah it was great that was really good and this year working with Ian Sinclair and Kim working with Ian Sinclair was remarkable because I'd just seen View from the Bridge and he'd just finished directing that so um I could then learn about how he did that and watch him work and yeah that that was really and a lot of that Um, I can use now, especially with Year 10 um, when they start working on monologues and they don't have much experience so a lot of his techniques are incredibly useful to work with kids before they get to their monologue or their solo in Year 12. And
0: you know that's wonderful because so many teachers in the area, they just continue to learn themselves and I'm very admiring of that, their willingness to just go and expose themselves to to new techniques and new yeah. learnings yeah it's so important i think it is yeah to top up yeah well annie you are a legend <laughs> thank you for sharing if you stay with alive us,
1: long enough you become a legend
0: i toast you <laughs> thank you robin <laughs>